I'm gonna be talking to you today about legacy. And legacy is something that lasts forever. Now your legacy, whether you are a man, a woman, a boy or a girl, is something that you have that you will pass on to the next generation. Be it good or be it bad, you will be remembered for your legacy. And so even though I am going to speak on Mother's Day and I'm gonna to talk to our mamas, this message is for everyone in this room. Because if ever we need to be aware of our legacy, it's today. We are sitting in this house. We are sitting in our homes. We are in America today because someone gave us the legacy, the foundation of our faith and our freedom. And may we never take that for granted. So on Wednesday, I had this idea because we usually come up with shirts. As I mentioned, and Pastor Phil did, the proceeds go to our missions. When we come up with this creative things we do here at church, we literally do put that money back in missions. Pastor Jen was just this week at a grandma's house, Boys and Girls Club, feeding them, clothing we literally do so much in this church for missions. So you really can buy knowing that your purchases are going to make a difference. But on Wednesday, I was on my prayer walk and I was going over my message and God just kept speaking to my heart, legacy lasts forever, legacy lasts forever, legacy lasts forever. And I'm like, that's a t-shirt. I mean, that's like, I kept getting that, right? Do you ever get like a really good? And you're like, that's a t-shirt. So I actually called my staff and I said, how quickly can we make t-shirts? And they said, for when? I said, for Sunday. And they said, this is Wednesday. And I said, get going. And so actually, Courtney designed the, the logo here, and it says, legacy lasts forever. And I pray that today's message will be so impactful to your heart that you literally will buy every one of these shirts that we have, and you will pass it on to a mother, to a colleague, to a friend, to a mentor, to a neighbor, and you will tell them the legacy that you have left in my life will last forever. So this can be one of the greatest gifts that you can give. You know, I wanna give you a little trivia as we start Mother's Day. Did you know that on Mother's Day, there are more calls made than any other day of the year? More than Christmas or more than Valentine's Day or Easter. So if you're having a problem making a call today, the phone line spiked 37% on Mother's Day. So if you've not called your mama yet, you better do it. All right, every mama wants to be called. Matter of fact, I'm walking through the church and I'm seeing some mothers just glow. And I'm like, happy Mother's Day. And seated next to them are a child or a loved one that maybe hasn't been with them in church for a while. And the greatest gift you can give your mother, as I've said before, is coming to church. So thank you to all of you children or you grown adults who have come with your moms to church. It's a great gift. You know, I don't know if you're like me, but do you get the holidays that pop up on your calendar and you're like, I don't like that holiday, and you try to delete them, but they are now national holidays, or they're holidays that our government things we need to recognize, and you're like, delete, 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 and you, you cannot delete this holiday. You cannot delete this holiday. Well, I began thinking about holidays and how many we celebrate and how many we don't know anything about. So I don't know how many of you even know why we have a Mother's Day and why we celebrate Mother's Day, but it actually started, I thought this was really interesting, in 1870 by a woman named Julia Ward Howe. Now you might know her because she actually wrote the Battle Hymn of the Republic. And she was so passionate about all the mothers who had lost sons during this, she called, senseless war. So she took this challenge. She said, we are going to have a day to honor mothers. But now, this is what I want to talk to you about. And listen, I think everything I have to say today is for everyone in this house. So this isn't a Mother's Day message. This is a you message. This is a message on legacy. She was passionate about it. And there's a lot of things we're passionate about today. Every one of us have a cause. We have a passion. We have something that we're we're excited about, but do you know on her watch, nothing happened other than everyone in her community 
loved their mothers and they tried to honor their mothers. But it wasn't until 44 years later that Anna Jarvis picked up the campaign because she so loved and appreciated her mother. Now, this is what's interesting about Mother's Day. She was not a mother. She never married and she did not have children. This was not about her. This was about honoring her mother. And she made such a big deal about it that it got the attention of the president. And President Woodrow Wilson in 1914 officially declared the second Sunday in May as Mother's Day. So Mother's Day is a day that we honor. We give tribute and respect to the legacy of someone who has poured into our life. I wanna to talk to you today about legacy. I believe that we are today the product of who we were groomed to be. We are today the product of who we were groomed to be. The Bible's very clear. It says, train up a child in the way they shall go, and when they grow old, they will not depart from it. Do you realize you are doing things you didn't think you'd ever do, but your mama prayed them into you? Have you ever looked in the mirror, women, and you told your mama to go home? Have you ever just, you see your mom, you feel your mom, you have a gesture of your mom, there's something and you're like, I ain't going there. I swore I would not be my mother. But there's something about our mothers that they just pour into us. You know, my mom left a great legacy. Many of you know that I'm a story coach and I love to help people write their story. And several months ago, um, I wrote a book because my mother left me her story. She literally wrote her story down. Now listen, this is so important and I'm passionate about this. You may think people are gonna remember your legacy and your story, but if you don't take the time and the discipline to write some things down, you will be a distant memory. They estimate that three generations after you're gone, you're nothing more than a memory. Unless you write down your story, unless you write down your highs and your lows, your hard times and your good times, your difficulties and your successes, unless you weave a tapestry for the next generation, you will be nothing more than a memory. And I felt so convicted because as I'm reading my mom's story, a lot of it I knew, but most of it I did not. All I know that my mama was an overcomer. My mama was cool and sharp and everybody in the youth group loved her. But when I began to read the pain points of my mother's adoption, when her mother tried to abort her, her mother tried to give her up for adoption, which she did. My mother went from one dysfunctional home to another. All the stories of my mom, that's not the woman that I knew. Because the time I came by, came along, my mother now had given her faith to Jesus Christ. She was a strong woman of faith, a strong woman of courage, and she left her story. So I came up with, it's called Untold Secrets, the journey through the story of my life. And you literally can sit down with this book in one day with a pen in your hand, go to Starbucks or go to Bodie, and take enough time to sit down and write your memories. This is a legacy you can leave for the next generation. So I'm gonna encourage you guys to pick this up. Pick it up for your mamas, your wife. Pick it up for your husbands who don't wanna open up and tell you anything. And just say, baby, for my birthday, I wanna know your story. I wanna know about your life. Guys, you know, Father's Day's coming up soon. Our kids want to know where we've struggled. They want to know where we failed. We're always telling them to shape up. Tell them where you've had difficulties and be honest and vulnerable. We've gotta be honest with this generation. So I wanna encourage you to pick that up. And then also remember to pick up um, one of the t-shirts uh, on Legacy, and I'm gonna give this away at the end. Well, I wanna talk to you today about my favorite mama in the Bible. And actually, it's not Mary. A lot of people, you know, Mary gets all the ooh-hoo, so we love you, Mary, but I'm gonna talk to you about Jochebed. I love the name. Um, Jochebed was a mama like me. She had two boys and a girl. And I love this mama because she was a powerful woman that we don't know a lot about her story, but her legacy tells her story. Now stay with me. 
There's not a lot of scriptures about her, but her legacy tells her story because she was the mama to Aaron, to Miriam, and to Moses. We know Aaron, he was the high priest of Israel. And you know anything about the Old Testament was Aaron who led the high priest of Israel. Miriam, her daughter, was the one who sang and danced after the Red Sea in Exodus 15. And we hear all this stuff about the prophetess uh, Miriam. But a lot of us know about Moses. And I wanna talk to you about Moses today and the legacy that this mama poured in her son, Moses. In the Bible, Numbers 26, 59 says, and the name of Amram's wife was Jochebed. I just think that's a cool name. I mean, anybody pregnant? Whitney, Jochebed, except you're having a son. You are having a boy. And happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day, Whitney. You know, you know, um, you know you're a mama when you, when you look at your staff and you notice everything. And I watched Drew as you were reading that scripture and you were giving us a prophetic word and everything in you was stirred as a father. And I'm proud of you. I'm so happy for the two of you. I mean, you are our next generation. You are my legacy. And I'm very proud and obviously your parents' legacy. But you are where you are because of the seed sown and you know that. But you guys, this is a picture of if we, don't, if we don't pour into the next generation, we won't have in this country what we had as in, our, in our age, amen? So I'm proud of you guys. Well, I love this story. If you know anything about this and if you've seen the Ten Commandments, most of you know this story. But in Exodus, it tells us that Pharaoh, and this was a new Pharaoh, had come to town and he hated the Israelites. He hated the Hebrews. And here's why. We're living in this world today. He feared them. He feared them because they were strong and they knew their God and they were mounting in number. These Hebrew women were having so many babies and he so feared that their armies were gonna be bigger than his army, the Egyptians. So he said, I want all of the Hebrew babies to die. We haven't come too far from Exodus, have we? I wanna get rid of all the Hebrew baby boys. So you are to kill all the Hebrew baby boys. And he said to the midwives, when the babies, before the babies come out, if you can tell that it's a boy, I want you to kill the baby before he's born. Kill the baby before he's born, Exodus one. We haven't evolved very far. And then they go on and these two midwives love God and they cannot do it. Listen, they defied the orders of the Pharaoh. There was something strategic about these two midwives that feared God more than they feared feared Pharaoh. And I'm telling you today, there are Pharaohs in our land. There are presidents in our land. There are governors in our land. There are mayors in our land who are trying to tell us to kill the baby boys. But what he also says, but the girls you can let live. He was not very smart. Let me tell you what, these, they were the midwives. He's telling the midwives, you can let the girls live. These midwives go, what are you, double dumb? You think we're gonna just kill the baby boys? But they were smart enough to know on their watch that God had given them an appointment so they would not kill the baby boys. So Pharaoh hears about it and he says, bring the midwives to me. He says, why is it that you are not killing the baby boys like I told you to do? And here's what they did. They were very sneaky. We've got to be sneaky. Did you know that? The Bible tells us we can be sneaky. It says to be innocent as doves, but wise as serpents, right? So he goes on and they said, you know, I don't know what to do with these women. By the time they come in, they've already given birth to the baby. They're so fast. I mean, these, these Hebrew women just give birth so fast. So here's what he said. Now listen, here's what he said. Then when they're born, I want you to throw them in the river. Exodus 1, 22. 
So the Pharaoh commanded all his people saying, every son who is born to you, you shall cast them into the river and every daughter you shall let live. Who would ever think that killing innocent babies after they're born? Yet in California, state legislation just last week, the, um, the Reproductive Health Bill, AB, many of you know this, 2223 is seeking to do just that. I want you to meet the co-author and the second author of this. Assembly members, and this is who they are, I find it very interesting, Buffy Wicks, District 15, and Kevin Mullen, District 22, have asked us, which it did pass 11 to 3, that we would not allow the coroner to go in and ask any questions with any woman who decided to abort or in a later stage, get rid of their child, or I would say kill their child. Now, if you Google this, which I've spent the last two weeks Googling this, you're going to find a cover-up in the story you're gonna find a very liberal agenda that's saying California does not want to kill babies. That's not what we're trying to do. We just want the, the rights of the mothers. We just want the mothers safe. Well, what about the babies? Don't we want the babies safe? And I think it's time that we rise up. I think it's time that we wake up. I think it's time that we stand against the pharaohs of our land that are trying to kill innocent babies. We are living in an unprecedented time. I was alive in 1973 when Roe versus Wade happened. I remember on my watch, 50 years later, we are still killing innocent children. And I just wanna say whether you've had an abortion, and I know many people that have, and I love every single one of the women who have either had an abortion or struggled with having a child and not known what to do with that. I know, but that's another issue, let's deal with that. Let's love you, let's be there for you, let's get counseling for you, let's get healing for you, let's pray for you, let's help you in any way we can, let's financially supports you. Let's be the church to you. But we cannot compromise life. We cannot compromise innocent babies who don't have any kind of a, a will or a way other than the love of a mother and father. And I'm telling you, we've not come very far. I want to talk to you about how to leave a strong legacy how to leave a strong legacy. Every single person in this room, how to leave a strong legacy. Number one, you have to take bold risk. You have to take bold risk. We see in Exodus 2, I love this story. The Bible says, when she saw that Moses was a beautiful child, she hid him for three months. So what happens is Jochebed has a baby boy. Now, what I like to do when I read the word of God, just to be honest with you, I like to step in the story. I like to pretend that I'm either a character in the story or I'm an onlooker in the story and asking myself, what relevant truths can I get from this story today? This is just not a history book. This is a divine book of God. And he acts the same way in the Old Testament as he does in the New Testament. So I got in the bushes and I was like Miriam. I was trying to watch. Here's this woman, Jochebed. She's told by the Pharaoh that she has to kill her baby boy. What does she do? The Bible's very clear that she actually makes a little ark. She makes a little basket out of twigs and out of tarp, and she puts it together with all this tar. And then she takes this baby boy, and the Bible says she hides him in the river or in the reeds over here. And then she tells her daughter, Miriam, watch for the baby boy. Now, many of you might say, what was she thinking? Because do you realize if she was caught by Pharaoh, not only would Moses be killed, but Miriam would be killed. And Amram, her husband, would be killed. And Jochebed would be killed. And Aaron, her son, would be killed. The whole family would be killed. So wouldn't it make sense to you? Better to get rid of one child than all of us die. But she was willing 
to have a bold risk of her faith. She was willing to say either God is God and will protect my baby, or I might as well not believe in this God. And she hid that baby boy. You must be strategic with your bold risk. We can see with Jochebed that more often than not, our desires come with both risk and reward. Let me ask you right now, and I think we are living in a mamby-pamby day. I'm sorry, don't get me started. That's not my message, but I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated with the church. I'm frustrated with people. I'm frustrated with those of us who become so comfortable during COVID and so fearful during COVID that we don't want to rock the boat. Let me tell you, the storm's coming. The boat is a rocking, but Jesus can walk on the water. Jesus is the one that can calm your storm. And I'm telling you right now, if the church doesn't wake up, if the church doesn't rise up, if families and fathers and mothers and daughters and children don't rise up, we won't have a safe country. We won't have a safe place. We will have government control like we've never seen before in our country. Who would have ever guessed two years ago we'd be where we are today? None of us. The enemy's strategic. He thinks very, um, very uh, strategically, and he's uh, that too. And he is after you and your family. Are you listening to me? You have to be bold. You have to have a spine. You have to know what you stand for. I believe that this is why most of us stop chasing our dreams or making decisions because we're so paralyzed by the fear of the worst case scenario that we get completely turned off by the best case scenario. I'm telling you what, and I don't know what you think about masks. Most of you are in here without them, so I probably know what you think. But on my prayer walk, I go right down this, by this school every single day on my prayer walk, and I'm still shocked at the children that day after day after day are walking like zombies with masks. And I'm telling you what, the enemy is trying to cover our mouths. He's trying to shut us up. He's trying to keep us from having eye contact with one another. I want to look you in the eye, and I want to say, what are you standing for? What bold risk are you taking? Are you willing to hide your baby? Are you willing to stand for what you believe? Legacy takes bold risk. Psalm 145.4 says, one generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. Did you hear that? One generation shall praise your mighty works. What is this generation doing? What are we going to even be remembered for? What are you going to be remembered for? Are your kids going to say, my mom and dad took a stand for what they believed? They took a stand. I knew what they believed. Most of us haven't even sat down and talked with our kids about what we believe today. Silence is golden. Let's just not rock the boat. And that's why we're where we are today. I love this quote. It says, I am not where I am because of luck. I am where I am because I took risk that others weren't willing to take. The world rewards risk takers. It always has and it always will. One thing about this church is we're not afraid to take a risk. And I'm so proud that we stayed open and we stood strong and we had the prayer wall and we continued with our ministries and we continued with our missions. And you know, sometimes I look around and I'm like, where are all the people? And then I'm reminded God always uses a remnant. If you know anything about the Bible, he always uses a remnant. And one day I was praying, I said, God, let me be a part of the remnant. Because listen, he's not gonna use everybody, he'll use a few. So his name is glorified. Make sure you're a part of the remnant. Make sure you're a part of that small little seed that God wants to use to make a difference. But number two, don't succumb to fear. Don't succumb to fear. Take a bold risk 
and then don't succumb to fear. I love the Hebrews Hall of Fame. If you know anything about the New Testament book, Hebrews, in chapter 11, it walks through all the heroes of the faith. And I love to read about the heroes of the faith. I was thinking, God, I wish my name was in there. If somebody was writing about a hero of the faith, would I be in there? And what would I be there in there for? I'd like to ask you that. If somebody was gonna write your name in the Hebrew Hall of Fame, and that's the book of Hebrews chapter 11, would it be there and what would it be there for? I love this verse because it says, by faith Moses, now you might think this verse is about Moses, but it's not. By faith Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw that he was a beautiful child. Every child is beautiful. The minute you look into the eyes of a tiny little baby, you see that they're beautiful. They don't always stay that way, but <laughs> at that very moment, you cannot look into the eyes of a baby and not see beauty because that's God's creation. That is God's plan for humanity. You cannot stuff out, snuff out God's plan for humanity. The Bible says, and they were not afraid of the king's command. They were not afraid of the king's command. We are too afraid of the pharaohs in our land. We are too afraid of the presidents and of the, of the governors and the local legislators. We're too afraid. How many of you actually took the time to write legislation? How many of you took the time? I'm telling you what, I'm, I'm, I'm signing every bill that comes my way. Those that are on the right. You know, do you ever realize they're called right for a reason? They're on the right for a reason. So if they're a right bill, they're probably right. Okay, just, just saying, all right? How many of you really done something with your vote? How many of you have done something with your voice? How many of you have made a difference? At least you can say, I tried. There was something I did. Once again, let's remember, this was Pharaoh. This was an evil, evil king. And yet they did not fear him. They did not fear him. Fear is killing us today. The enemy is coming with fear. He's coming with fear. I'm gonna take my job. I gotta get the vaccine. I gotta get the mask. I've gotta be quiet. I can't post anything on social media or I'll be banned. That's probably not a bad thing. Um, and honestly, the enemy is coming trying to rob, steal, and destroy. He is the enemy. I love this, this um, passage. It's in Deuteronomy. And did you ever think about this? I was reading this verse. It's Deuteronomy 31.6. Listen, Moses says to the people, be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do you realize Moses could say that because he understood what it was like to be in the basket as a baby? He is the one God is using to write the law. He is the one God's using in Deuteronomy to repeat the law. He's going, my mother wasn't afraid. I wouldn't be here today if my mother was afraid. My mother saved my life. My mother preserved my life. She poured legacy into the life of Moses. This is the next generation. The Bible tells us in Timothy, and I love this, this is when Paul is speaking to Timothy, and he says, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. If you are ever afraid, it's the enemy. Whenever you are afraid, I was sitting here worshiping and, and a fearful thought came over my mind, and I literally said, Satan, be gone. Because it was a spirit that came over me of fear. The enemy is the spirit of fear. Whatever you fear is the enemy. Learn to talk to the enemy. Learn in Jesus' name that you have all power and all authority to tell the enemy to go back to hell where he belongs. 
until you understand your authority, until you understand your position as a Christian, if you don't understand that, let me sit down with you. Because when you came into faith with Jesus Christ, he said, all the power and authority are given to you. Do not succumb yourself to fear. Do not stand in fear. I have more for you. Psalm 27, one says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Who shall I be afraid? You've got to remember that God's got a plan for your life. But number three, you've got to prepare others for their destiny. If you're going to leave a legacy, and I'm telling you what, every single one of you in here, I can't stress it enough. Your kids, your colleagues, your friends, your neighbors are going to talk about you one day. And what are they going to say? Man, they stood for God. They were a woman or a man of conviction. They were a move and a shaker. They had a successful business. They were strong in their faith. What are they going to say about you? I love this story. It goes on in Exodus 2. It says, and Pharaoh's daughter came at that point, and she saw this little baby hidden in the reeds. Now, if you know anything about the story, it's so beautiful, because here's this mama that has protected her baby in the reeds. She's got her, little, her, her daughter Miriam watching, and here comes, as God would have it, the Pharaoh's daughter, the princess, to come and to bathe in the river. And the Bible says she hears a baby crying, and she goes over to the reeds, and the Bible says as she looks at the baby, she has compassion. Once again, a picture, you cannot look at a baby and not have compassion. And at that very moment, Miriam, the sister, comes up and she says, oh my, it's a baby. Would you like me to find a Hebrew woman to nurse the child for you? Because obviously, she wasn't going to be able to nurse the child. And in God's sovereignty and in God's plan, she goes and she gets her mother. And she brings her mother, Jochebed, and she says, here is a child that needs to be nursed. Would you nurse him? And God wed that baby and that mother together. And it's estimated for anywhere from two to four years, she nursed that baby. Anywhere from two to four years, Jochebed held Moses. She prayed over that baby. She prayed destiny and legacy and leadership and strength and life and protection. She held that baby knowing that on her watch for a moment, she could change the life of a nation. She believed that that little boy could do something that nobody else could do. And I started putting this message together and God just started saying to me, pray destiny over your family. And I'm telling you, every time I'm with Gracie Bell and every time I'm with Ava Lee, I'm praying destiny. I was putting Ava Lee to bed this week rocking that little girl, praying destiny over her, authority over her, protection over her. Gracie Bell and I are going shoe shopping for glitzy shoes because she likes fashion like her gammy. And I'm praying authority and leadership and godly righteousness over that little girl. We take Cruz and Crosby last weekend to a hotel. They like a home alone weekend once in a while where they get to get room service and put on the robe and all the stuff they like to do. And I sat and talked to those boys about their life and their testimony and their youth group and the challenges they're gonna have in their high schools and how cute girls are gonna tempt them. <laughs> but they need to stand for integrity. And in two weeks, I go to Denver to babysit my grandchildren there. And I get to sit down with Atlas and Riley and talk to them about faith and integrity and destiny because it's my legacy.
And on my watch, my seven grandchildren will hear about Jesus. On my watch, I will leave a legacy. I will sit with my staff and I will tell them how to be their best. I will pour into them. And I want to be remembered for a woman that stood at that prayer wall, a woman that walked Anaheim Hills. I know what I want my legacy to be. Do you know what you want your legacy to be? Have you taken enough time to literally write down your legacy and let Satan know what it is? If he doesn't know how, what it is, how will anyone else know? And I mean, I'm sorry I'm getting fired up, but that's why we're where we are today. Man be Pam be people. It's time to wake up and write your legacy. The Bible's very clear that we must spend quality time. Jochebed knew how to do this. By faith, she prophesied. The Bible tells us in Psalm 112, 1 and 2, praise the Lord. Blessed be the man who fears the Lord. Let me tell you what, I fear the Lord. I was in my prayer room this morning and I got a little war room. I got a prayer room at my house. And I was in my prayer walk and I got so overwhelmed with fear of God. He will not put up with this long. Now you may go, is he an angry God? Well, he ought to be. You know, a, a, a daddy will only let their children get away with sin for so long. Now listen, if you're letting your kids live the lifestyle they want and it doesn't bother you, you're not much of a daddy. Mom, if you're letting your children tell you what to do, you ain't much of a mama. And the fear of God came over me and all I could do was pray for revival and pray for repentance. We are his children. He loves us so much that he died on a cross for us but he will not put up with sin forever. And you must fear the Lord and love the Lord at the same time. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord. Listen, who delights greatly in his commandments. Who did he give the 10 commandments to? Oh yeah, Moses, that little baby that was hidden by the mother, Jochebed. Because there was a destiny for Moses. His commandments, listen, it says, his descendants will be mighty on the earth. Have you so visualized your descendants? Have you so visualized this one right here? That's what happens when you ask me to get your seats. I put you on the front row. <laughs> I didn't even see you till just now. You know, it's on our watch to leave a legacy for the next generation because God has given us so much. God has given us so much. I thought this was an interesting statistic. There's 1,440 minutes in a day. 1,440 minutes in a day. Yet studies show that the average parent spends 37 minutes of quality time with their child a day. Is it no wonder we're not leaving a strong legacy? Can I just ask you three things before we go to worship? Can I ask you to teach your children these three things? Teach them to pray. It's kind of a lost art. Little uh, Ava Lee, some of you know her. She's going to be two next month. We sit down to pray. Immediately, those hands go together, that head bows. Every once in a while, you get an eye. <laughs> but train up a child in the way they shall go. Because God knows when they get old, they have nowhere else to go. They will not depart from it. If your kids aren't seeing you pray, don't be surprised if they don't know how to pray. If all you knew how to do 
is pick up the Lord's Prayer in your Bible and pray it. Pray it. Just pray. Teach them to pray. And then teach them to exercise faith. Because it has nothing to do with you. Faith has everything to do with God. What are you believing God for that you can't afford? That you can't do? What is in your spirit so heavy right now that you're exercising faith and your children are watching your dreams and your miracle and your faith come true. And number three, teach them to speak life and not death. Teach them to speak life and not death. I'm telling you. And no pun intended, but life is a good thing. We live in such a negative world. The enemy is coming with depression and confusion and anger and confusion. And it's so easy to speak death. It's so, angry, so easy in our spirit. We're emotional beings. The Bible says, take every thought captive by renewing your mind. Listen, every one of us go through this. Every day I get a moment where the enemy tries to come rob, steal, and, and, and kill my joy. It's a thought. It's a memory. It's what did she mean by that? What did he mean by that? And your emotions start to stir. Stop. Take that thought captive right now and renew your mind. Speak life and not death over yourself. Speak authority and purpose and destiny. Know your destiny. Know where you're going. You know what they say about a leader? A leader is someone when they turn around, someone is following them. I fear some of us would turn around and there would be no one following us. We need leaders. We need righteous leaders that will stand up. You know, um, I want us to, to pray. I don't know what we're supposed to do right now, so I think we're going to sing. Um, I'm just, I got caught. I, I, I hope, I hope you received what I received when God gave me this. All right? And I just mean that. I mean, I don't take lightly, I don't take lightly the opportunity I have to stand here. You know, I have always honored um, the opportunity to pastor and to teach. And I will be, the Bible's very clear. He says, we will give an account for every word done in the body. And I know I will stand before God for what I say. So I don't take this lightly. I stand on holy ground when I speak the word of God. I stand under the authority of my husband. I've always said that in this house. You know, I love to bring the word, but I stand under the authority of my husband. Um, but I'm telling you what, I have a deep burning. I don't know what's gonna come out of this message, but something, I have a deep burning that we've got to learn to write, to leave, to speak, and to live our legacy. So I want you to pick this up. I want these to be sold out. All right, if you, if you can't afford one and you wanna tell your story, just tell them at the checkout. Pastor Tammy said I could take one, all right? But not everybody. All right? Um, but you know what I wanna do, if you guys don't mind, would, you, would everybody stand? And I don't even know what song we're gonna sing, but I believe that every worship song is a song of destiny over you. I don't know where you're gonna go from here. All right, it's good. All right, but here, listen. Now, some of you are gonna to go to brunch and all you're thinking about right now is Eggs Benedict, right? And some of you, you I love, I love, some of you have said, I came to church with mama, happy Mother's Day. Um, do you know right now you could, my husband likes to call God Jehovah Sneaky, right? You know, and you're like, okay, mom, you want it for Mother's Day, I'll come. What if God just kinda of is doing this to you? Hey, I love you and you have a legacy and you have a destiny, and I birthed it in you, a conception. 
So as we sing, can you just take this moment before we go outside and, um, and when we go outside, listen, we have some cool things out there. Not only do we have all the fun stuff, buy stuff because it's going to the Ukraine, all that cute clothes. Husbands, I know a lot of you have forgotten to buy Mother's Day gifts. We've made it easy. They're already wrapped. There's great stuff out there. So go, go to the shop, get the book, get the shirts, get the cookies. Uh, we got chickens. We got a little petting zoo for the kids. Um, we got a photo booth. Men, please take the time to get a picture with your wife. Kids, it's all she wants is a photo. Just please line up and get a photo. All right, so that's everything you're gonna do when you leave, but before you leave. Everybody, right now, before you leave, for just 30 seconds, in your spirit. Bible says we all have a spirit. Ask God, what's my destiny? What do you have for me? Am I on course for it? Or do I need to pivot? What does God want for you? Begin to pray that over yourself.